Hello and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy city executives and entrepreneurs empowered and healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster, I'm a nutritional therapist based in Harley Street, London, and my community and I believe that your health matters. And when you're building a business or your love life is not where you would like it to be, it's understandable that you might forget to look after your body and mind. And you are your number one asset and without you, none of your life would happen. So I'm committed to helping you take care of you despite your busy schedule. And to help us with that mission, today on the show, we have the honor of having Richard Gantlett from www.biodynamic.org.uk. And Richard, you specialize in biodynamic farming, which is the oldest green farming movement and a forerunner of organics. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Welcome, pleasure to be here. Richard, tell us a bit about you and what got you into biodynamic gardening, and what is that? Well, I returned home to our family farm in 1992, a while ago now, after working in, in London and, and Brussels, and we were farming here with, with chemicals conventionally at the time. Uh, I was um, set on making the farm you know, very efficient, uh, that was how I was trained. Um, but it sort of didn't sit quite comfortably after a while, and uh, I became aware that the soil on our farm was degrading, and I felt that the farm was excluding nature, um, and as I mentioned, you know, the, the chemicals that we were using were making me uncomfortable, and I didn't want to be sending someone else out to use those chemicals. So I started organic farms in England and became inspired by those organic pioneers. Um, and we started organic conversion in 1998, and the more I looked at alternative farming methods, uh, the more interesting farming became for me, which was great. And, and then I met a guy called Alex Podolinski, who's an Australian um, chap, and he showed me how biodynamic soil was different, and how biodynamic plants uh, were more intelligent through their alignment and, and through the... Uh, the improved soil uh, and that was really exciting that sort of started my journey really yes and there's a little bit on your website and i'd like to read that to you now all biodynamic farmers and growers practice organic methods of cultivation are against genetic modification that's gmo foods and share its ideals but there are important differences between organic and biodynamic biodynamics has a metaphysical and spiritual root that organics does not Biodynamics thus embraces all of the mystery of life's processes, including the subtle and energetic realities that are not necessarily easy to measure or justify using current scientific methods. Now, most of my clients, I'd say, would spend the extra to get organic food. Um, I try to convince them to go for biodynamic also. However, it might sound too esoteric or ethereal to them. How can we sort of show them that this is a good thing for them to look into? Well, that's why I connected with Alex Podolinski. So his, his method, his biodynamic approach is grounded in practical methods. So he engages farmers by showing them that biodynamic method transforms the soil. And um, I started off by visiting vineyards and uh, dairy farms in France. And you could see the, the difference between the biodynamic vines and the conventional vines or the organic vines, which were very, you know, uh, very close by, you know, just rows apart. 
Uh, and that's how I got um, involved. The biodynamic method, so it enlivens the soil through the use of, of biodynamic preparations. And, and that's the key thing. So it strengthens the soil. It, it, um, it's basically carefully composted camellia, which we're diluting and, uh, and um, uh, in warm water and bringing oxygen into the water, which is effectively multiplying the bugs. And then we spray that out on the soil when the plants are uh, growing really quickly. And so that makes the soil grow effectively. And, and then we're spraying another preparation, which uh, is carefully ground up quartz crystals, which you spray onto the plants and that brings more light into the plants and plants remember their true form then, and then that guards them, uh, makes the plant guard against disease. So it's, it's these preparations that, that set biodynamics apart and they're the most important bit. And to be honest, I felt organic farming was more about, you know, not doing something, so not putting the pesticides and, and the um, chemical fertilizers on. And that's why I look, was looking for something else and that uh, to, to improve and enhance and repair the soil and the plants. And that's what biodynamic offered for me. Uh, and the soil you know, is, is so important. And even as a conventional farmer, I always felt that soil was important. And that's when I feel, when I see it, started to see it degrade, that was when I, when I started to look uh, for other methods. Um, you know, I really feel that soil is humanity's most important asset. You know, without healthy, uh, lively soil, we can't produce food that we need. Um, so I've always felt this, and, and as a biodynamic farmer, I can really improve its value. In fact, my passion for the soil has encouraged me to do a PhD on the subject, so I'm uh, busy doing that when I'm not busy farming or, or doing my children's homework, as it were. Uh, but yes, it's, so it's grounded in, in scientific method as, as well as these other things. Yes, well, the soil is very important, and over the years, the nutrients in the soil has depleted it with continuous farming of the same soil. I mean, crop rotation is one thing, but we still don't do enough to put more nutrients into the soil so that the vegetables that we consume absorb those nut that nutrition and then we absorb that nutrition. And my whole practice is about optimum health and I, I treat a lot of obesity. So having high nutrient density foods for low calorie, which a vegetable is, um, it is very useful for my practice. And healing, nutritional therapy, healing disease through the medicine of food. And the more nutrient-dense that the vegetable is, the, the, the better it is for you. And um, it's funny, actually, because I, in my quest for optimum nutrition in the city, to, um, I actually had my own uh, uh, patio with my biodynamic garden uh, in London, um, trying my best to grow my own veg. It was a, a brave attempt. Although you mentioned quartz there. We did have the horse manure. I, I, I brought a specialist biodynamic gardener in to set it up for me with the shelving. And um, and he didn't do... That. I don't remember... It was exciting, actually. It was quite a, a talking point. Um, I think everybody thought I was a weirdo, which they are right, but um, not for the reasons they, they thought. I think I'm doing the right thing. Never mind. But um, I need new friends. Uh, but I like... I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do the quartz, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the quartz. But, I remember the horse yeah, manure so and the cow the horn. Yeah, the, 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 um, the, the preparations are, are, were given numbers. And so the, the cow manure preparation is called 500. And that's the, uh, that's the carefully composted cow one. 
And then the next one is called 501, which is the quartz silica spray. Uh, and that's really important, and I've found that out on our farm. Um, and that's you know, one of the reasons I know that biodynamic, the 500 preparation works, is because you've got to have the 500 working at the same time with it. Otherwise, the 500 tends to produce plants that, that overgrow, a bit like when you get a lot of rain on your lawn. The leaves go very prostrate, and, and, um, and you, you get a lot of green growth. Uh, uh, but the plants don't, they sort of look uh, floppy and, and not correct. Uh, it's because they haven't had enough sunshine on them. And that's what the 500 does. Even when there's not too much sun, they will bring the sunlight back into the plants and correct that growth, and then, and then the plants become um, healthier then. I remember so it's really important to have that balance. The, the, the gentleman that came round, who's very intense, which um, anyone who I've ever dealt with in biodynamic gardening is very, uh, very into what they're doing, and I, I really admire that. But he was explaining that it was to do with the sun and the moon and the alignment and the stars, and I was trying to keep up with him. Can you tell us a little bit about how it aligns with moon cycles? Well, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but just as a, an overview... I think we have generally we've lost our connection with 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 nature that that, that is around us. Um, a lot of the cycles of nature are connected with, obviously, with the moon. And we only look at the tides, and we can see how the the tides are affected through the gravitational pull of the moon. And that's such a, an important influencing uh, effect. And actually, if you look at the how the plants grow, they don't grow continuously. They grow in cycles, and in the springtime, when um, those effects are particularly um, noticeable because the plants are growing, um, our crops are out in the fields. If you if you look carefully, they grow stronger um, with the moon cycles, and and so what we're doing is we're looking at those cycles and and observing those and uh, and, and you know tapping into those so that we're working with them. And, and and observing those, and some of the the star cycles as well, which uh, have been demonstrated to, to be effective. So when we're putting on the preparations, we use those those cycles to enhance the work of the and the preparations. And through observations, through um, research that's been done over many years, uh, it's shown that you know doing this work and planting at these times uh, is effective and, and makes a difference. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed the the experience, and uh, unfortunately, despite the marigolds and other other uh, anti slug uh, and anti bug uh, natural preventative measures that the gardener took, um, <laughs> a lot of the slugs got to most of my uh, most of my gardening, and the seagulls in London actually really enjoyed the flowers and were pecking at everything. Strange. So well, I used I, to. I think... I think that's a good example of, of how uh, tasty your food was. You know, everyone <laughs> wants to come and eat it. <laughs> it's quite, it was quite tragic. So I used to enjoy waking up in the morning and having a cup of tea, just watching the garden being demolished and sort of enjoying that, <laughs> the, the poetry of that. But what did yeah. survive, strangely, was the pak choy. And, and I was eating that and it was so green, so crunchy, so peppery, so juicy, so firm, so succulent. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And if anything, well, that's great. yeah, any pak choy I've ever tasted before and since has been watery or a little bit limp. Uh, and so to, to taste veg in the way it was intended to be consumed and enjoyed and, and treasured 
was such an honour, you know, to have something, it felt so authentic. And that's what I try to get back when, when I ask my clients to connect with their bodies and the athletic self. And you're talking about, you know, the soil in its true form and getting back to nature and how vegetables should, there, there is this truth, there's this alignment that we're trying to connect with. And yes, anyway, so I really enjoyed the veg. Yeah, it's really important. And I think that's something that, you know, when I, when we started to look at conversion to just even organic methods, you know, my wife and I would go to the supermarket and start trying organic food. And, and it was amazing that you, you could just taste the difference between the organic and the conventional even. And uh, suddenly, suddenly your taste buds start to wake up and, and notice the difference. And, and then, you know, now, of course, um, we're so much, um, you know, so much switched on to, to, to all those things, those processes. And, and so, you know, if we're going out to eat somewhere, we, we're very choosy about where we go to eat because you don't want to go somewhere by, buy some food that doesn't taste of anything in particular. And, uh, so yeah, it's really important. And it's, it's lovely to wake up to, to that process and those, those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is all about the soul. And, um, I've got friends who, who are from different parts of Africa and they speak of the vegetables there having a, a huge amount of flavour in comparison to shop-bought stuff here, which is bland and tasteless in comparison. And there is this correlation between taste and nutrient density and the soil in Africa is much richer. But anyway, biodynamics takes it to a whole other level. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, there's a quite a simple sort of explanation about that, which I, you know, as a, a researcher I've been looking at and... And you talked earlier about this soil being denuded of of nutrients. Well, it's really, I think, about carbon. And there's a lot of talk about carbon at the moment. What we've been taking out of the soil as farmers over the last 100 years is really the carbon and as a a, a substance. But but when you look into what what it is that you're taking out as carbon, it's all the life in the soil. It's all those little bugs, little protozoa and the fungi and the columbula and all those things that I've been looking at, they're all cycling the nutrients in the soil and and they're providing the food for the plants. And if you take all that carbon, all those little bugs away, then that removes the mechanism that the plants feed with. And that's absolutely critical. So it's, plants don't feed directly from the soil water unless they're chemically produced plants. In nature, they feed through the the, what, the other life that's in the soil through the fungi and through the, the other, the other, um, or the other bugs. And that, that mechanism is absolutely critical. And that's what's happening in that, those African soils where you've got more sunlight, which of course is critical too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by enlivening the soil, you're making all those nutrients that are still available in the soil, but you're making them available to the plants through a wonderful, um, cycle. And that's, that's, that's the mechanism. It's true. It's this appreciation of the ecosystem that lies in our soils. And I was reading this paper about a broccoli today does not have the same nutrients as a broccoli 30 years ago, just from the sheer uptake of nutrients from the soil, the sun, the water, the, the, all of the aspects. However, the recommended daily allowances, uh, as recommended yeah, by... Haven't changed. Haven't changed. So now you have to eat a, a more broccoli... It physically, but to get the same amount of nutrition, which is either physically impossible or painful, and and then your increase yeah. of fiber intake goes beyond the scale. So, unfortunately, I have to recommend 
vitamins and supplements, which I'd rather not. I'd rather not have synthetic yeah. pills in my body. However, I haven't as yet hacked away. But biodynamic lends itself to, well, you know, in an ideal scenario, if we all got biodynamic vegetables delivered to our house to make it convenient for a city lifestyle, because it's not feasible for everybody to have their own patch, then that is one way of not having to rely on supplements in order to still get your recommended daily allowances. And by the way, I don't like recommended daily allowances as a minimum. I want optimum daily allowances for optimum health um, because my fascination is with the human condition and what do we need to give ourselves for optimum performance? How, what, um, anyway, so that's my, my, that's my particular study and obsession. Um, so if I wanted to start... It's about the, the experience of eating as well. I mean, you know, we when, when we go out as a family even, um, I mean, our children, I always thought that they would, there would be this backlash that we've brought this, our children up in this uh, environment where, you know, we only buy organic or buy generic food and all these things and we're really fussy about it. And I thought, well, one day they'll be wanting to go to all the fast food chains and and what's actually wonderful is that they won't. They don't when they do, and they get taken by friends, parents, or whatever. They they come back with you know hideous uh, experiences. They can taste how awful the, the alternatives are, and they, and they don't want to, which is just lovely. So you know, once you've woken up to the to the different experience, you, you know, it's not just the fact that you're feeding your body with with food that's more more nutritious. It's, it's actually a lovely experience for you, which which is great too. I can't tell you how much I agree. For me, that's called, I, I call that being connected to truth. We are designed to move, breathe, eat healthily that in line with nature. And our modern day lives are so disconnected from nature, we, we, we just can't listen because it's just too, there's too much noise. And funnily enough, I've occasionally been accused of an orthoxia state of mind, which is this obsession with clean eating. I don't have an obsession with clean eating. It's just, why would you not just eat vegetables? You can. In fact, <laughs> you would live better if you ate vegetables alone. This isn't an obsession about clean eating. It, I don't see it as a balanced diet, having 80% vegetables, 20% pizza and pasta and rubbish. Why would I put that stuff in my body when it doesn't serve me? It's not the best fuel for my body. So that is my ethos. And it's it's funny how society's idea of a balanced diet is having the odd pint now and again, like like it's optimal and it, and it's not. So it's very refreshing to hear you say that, you know, your your children go away and they come back and they still have their healthy habits intact. Well, I think what's really uh, encouraging for me, and I was talking to um, a group of sick farmers uh, last week about, you know, what they want to do with their lives, and and I think. You know, what's really exciting for me is talking to you guys. You know, you guys uh, uh, have a different education from the one that we did in that, you know, your geography or whatever um, subject it is, uh, has brought you aware of what's going on with the planet, what damage we've done to it. And so you're, you, you already are aware of, of what needs to be done in the future. And you guys are in, in tune with it and wanting to eat differently, wanting to make different choices. And I think that's really exciting. And um, so, you know, you're all moving in the right direction already, which is, which are, you know, just thinks great. Now, half of my clients live in the city like I do. I'm in Marlebone, which is the unhealthiest air in, in the UK, I believe. It's been voted. So at least we're winning at something. Um, and, uh, and the other half live in Surrey or in Kent. So they've got maybe a bit more garden space. But for those of us who live in the city, 
And if we wanted to start growing our own biodynamic veg and have a small window patch just to do our bit, what's the best way to get started on a small scale? What do we need? Well, uh, as you've found, I mean, what, what you, all you need really is a bit of soil, some rain, some sunshine, seeds from uh, perhaps the seed cooperative, which you can search up, they produce biodynamic seeds. Uh, and if you haven't got a patch of soil in the garden, maybe even just a pot. Uh, you need a little time to, to give to, to, to help nurture the plants and then lots of love to um, uh, encourage them to, to grow. And that's it. With regard to, you know, if you don't want to grow your own, you can always, um, uh, on the, the, the London Farmers Market, they've got a website and there's a list of biodynamic growers on there. So you can go along to the farmers markets and, and uh, buy biodynamic produce from there as well. Yes, there is an, uh, a wonderful person. Uh, I, I've forgotten the name, unfortunately. That's really bad of me. At the farmers market at Marlebone on on uh, on a Sunday, and they do amazing biodynamic vegetables. But there are farmers markets all over London, and you can buy your biodynamic veg there, which is nice and convenient, and it supports local farming, which is amazing. And um, why is it important to eat veg that's in season? That's a big thing in biodynamic. Well. I think for me, and you've mentioned it already, uh, there's one word that sums up everything that we do as a farmer, and that's health. And the health of our soils and plants and animals and humans and the planet, it's, it's one together and it's indivisible, as someone famously said. It's really important to appreciate the connection, and we've been talking about that. Um, and so the, you know, the healthiest plants are the ones that are grown in season and not forced, because if they're not grown in season, they're either forced or they um, they travel a, um, you know a long way. Uh, so if we're buying food out of season, we'll have to travel, which is using fossil fuels. For the health of our planet, it's best not to transport them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for the health of our mind and spirit, it's good to follow the rhythm of, of nature, as we've been discussing, and buying in-season vegetables will help with that, even if we're living in a city. So it's good to connect back with nature. But having said that, I, there's one little point I'd like to add to that. It's better to buy organic and biodynamic food that has travelled than chemically produced food that hasn't. That's for two reasons. Firstly, biodynamic and organic food is generally has a lower carbon footprint. And secondly, it's important to support the better system either way. Mm-hmm. And even if it's travelled, you know, halfway across Europe, it'll still have a low, low, lower carbon footprint than uh, the alternatives um, that are uh, from, you know, just around the corner. Uh, and you're encouraging uh, and, and showing and leading the way. And I think that's important. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And you know what? In, in every situation, whatever socioeconomic background uh, you come from, Make the healthiest choices you can with the time, money, finances and resources that you have. And that's the, that's the best that you can do. But um, I can actually really feel and taste the difference. And it's, I find it quite interesting how sometimes I give organic or I give biodynamic to somebody and they can't taste the difference. And I really can. And you could say it's psychosomatic or I'm just making up in my head. But I actually think that a lot of our palates have been so eroded with processed food that we no longer can taste those subtleties in in difference and unless it's something as obvious as texture or crunch um with the firmness of a vegetable 
I think we've lost that subtlety, um, and I think we need to reconnect with our natural palate. I think that's absolutely right, and 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 and, and it is. In, you know, if you're if you're constantly putting bland things over, you know, your tongue and not used to the, the difference, then uh, it's not surprising that you, you might not see the difference. It takes time to perhaps um, reconnect. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Yes. Now, I think you'll agree that we're in the minority that biodynamic farming is unfortunately not as widely known as it as it needs to be. And um, we're considered a little bit odd when we start speaking to people. I certainly find an, instant, an interesting reaction when I tell people about biodynamic farming. So how do you cope with the, the, uh, with, uh, the strange looks or when people say, what's that? That's interesting. And do, do you notice that your community who are fans of biodynamic farming are, are a different sort? They believe in health, they believe in nature, they believe in the environment, whereas those who aren't as bought in um just haven't switched on yet yes i mean there is that i think what what i really notice is the change and the change is is i mean there's several things you, you mentioned there but the same the change is really um amazing that that's happened over the last 10 years you know my um my community is a really broad one these days, you know, from local food enthusiasts, as you're talking about, and friends and family, um, uh, to, you know, academics and, and students. And, and um, you yeah, uh, so many people are suddenly getting more interested in food and quality and, and, uh, and interested in the soil and world within it. You know, Ten years ago, uh, when I set up our website, 15 years ago, whenever it was, um, I was really worried about putting you know, life in the soil or soil life as a page on our website. So you know, people are going to think I'm nuts. Yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, all our local farmers are talking about life in the soil because <laughs> they've sort of woken up to that. Yeah. And, uh, and it's really exciting and, and that's great. Uh, and people are aware of all these issues are becoming all aware. You know, we're all on a journey and we're all heading, I think, mostly heading in the right direction. Um, and, you know, we're different people are on different stages of it. And, and I think when you engage with people, I always at an appropriate level for, you know, for different people. And um, so, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a language to be had with, with, um, with people. And, and that's why I always start by explaining biodynamics uh, in a scientific way, because that's we're all educated in a in a scientific way. So um, explaining about the you know carefully composted carmine and all that sort of thing, which is which is really really important. And you know, I said, well, what's interesting, I think, about many biodynamic farmers, particularly wine growers and and viticulturalists, as they they are technically known. Is that a lot of a lot of the farmers, biodynamic farmers, don't actually put biodynamic or the the keyword which is the meter um, on their produce because their brand is strong enough anyway. But they know that the biodynamic methods work, and there's a great example of this. You know, there's lots of uh, particularly Paul Roger champagne, which is famously the champagne that Winston Churchill used to drink. They work biodynamically, but because their label's so strong, they don't put on their label. You know about the biodynamic method and you use it because of the health and the better quality produce that it makes. Well, actually... Um, but they don't sort of sing and shout about it. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's reminded me. I went to Hungary last year and all of the wines there that we sampled were biodynamic. And I, I'm very sensitive to, to alcohol in general, but 
wine and champagne in particular gives me this headache on my forehead. <laughs> it's, and people have said it's the sulfites or the nitrite. Anyway, but for some reason, I could have a whole glass of this biodynamic wine and it, it felt quenching. It felt nice and, it, and, and delicious. And although I don't drink alcohol because I don't believe we should, um, that I did, you know, allow myself that on, on that occasion. And it, and it was actually an enjoyable experience, which, but so, and it felt very much in line with my body, which is nice. And I wasn't expecting it to. So, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, I've, I've heard that many times, uh, interestingly, and uh, because often people come back to me, you know, friends who, who, uh, perhaps dismiss it to start with a few years later, someone only said to me the other day, oh, we always choose that now because, you know, you said it. And it, it means, you know, I feel so much better afterwards and I don't have these hangovers and all these sorts of things. I think, great. But, yeah, I do <laughs> struggle. I do struggle with the dismissiveness of um, of those around me who don't want to listen to, to the truth or what we know to be true. And it's about a journey of enlightenment. And every year we're knowing more. And I'm nowhere near where I need to be. But, you know, you, we become more conscious. And you need to be open to the message of biodynamic vegetable it's just a lot sometimes for for some for some of us to take on because there's and i guess we just don't know what to believe but when you feel the difference and you know it to be true you just want to share the message with others without looking weird and i, I really identified with your trepidation when you said 10 years ago you went onto your website and you were struggling to bring yourself to uh, publish a blog uh, about the, the the life in the soil and I've had equal things about nutrition and the mindset and it's funny but anyway you've given me a, a, a new lease of bravery so thank you <laughs> yes I think you know, it just it, it doesn't matter and and, and uh, it's quite nice being different sometimes but um, mm. <laughs> I think we're all you know we're all are heading in the right direction and uh you know, some people are just, you know, not, not as far along as, as I am. And there's plenty of people that are further on. And um, we just have to remember that it's all a journey, isn't it? So, Richard, how do we support you? How do we contact you? How do we learn more? How can we help your organisation and uh, and make it biodynamic.org.uk? How can we help you? Well, the best thing, of course, is to choose with your with your wallet and, and choosing organic or biodynamic delicious food and drink because that supports obviously farmers who are doing the right thing uh, not just here but all over the all over the planet um so and it's a system that is all over the planet you know there's the i go to meetings and um we have a group of uh, farmers that work uh, biodynamically across europe and we meet up every few years and and you know it's so inspiring when we, we meet but but so buying produce and supporting um Supporting the method really is the best way, but also just remembering that the health of of soils, plants, animals, humans, planet it's it's all connected. It's all one and and inseparable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're all connected. So, Richard, thank you very much for all of that. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Pleasure. Thank you for sharing your inspiring insights and helping the Urban Health Podcast in keeping busy people healthy.